I felt a variety of emotions as various children left our home. Uh, for a couple of them, I cried. For one or two of them, I kind of high-fived my wife. I won't say who did what. Um, but it's a tough thing to raise a child to invest 17, 18, 19 years, and then to see them leave. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Danny Huerta, who heads up our parenting team. And Danny, you're not quite there, but almost, right? Almost. I'm right on the edge of that. Uh, I have a son that's 20, and my daughter's 18. Okay. They're both still at our house, and my son is really pursuing a career in chiropractic care. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be a long road, and he wants to get married here in the next few years. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, it's fantastic. And then my daughter, she's exploring all kinds of different dreams and options and just excited for this next season. But, man, there are moments where it hits me right in the heart. Uh, I'm going to miss all the different stages we've been through. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the one that's to come, but it's going to be very different. My wife and I have been talking about that. I just recently had a trip with both my son and my daughter. And I remember just pausing for a moment and thinking through, oh, wow, these, uh, these are some last laps, mm. some of these, uh, these trips. And uh, I, I look at them with joy and also with some sadness in there mixed in. And I had a, I had a tear coming yeah. down, John, I have to mm. admit that. And there's a book that my daughter and I are doing together oh. that we decided to do this year. And it's with this in mind. And it's titled, Do One Thing Every Day That Scares You. And one of the biggest, scariest things is leaving a home. And for her, she's going, oh, Dad, what's it going to be like? And uh, we're going we're gonna to end it with, with that at some point. Awesome. With that, this one thing that scares her of leaving, leaving home. And she's excited, yet it's scary, and it totally makes sense that it would be. But we're going to have a lot of memories with this book. We're excited. We just did the first uh, few pages, just this last trip. Awesome. Well, yeah. we look forward to hearing more about that as she continues the process, as you continue the process with her. Uh, and speaking of processes, let's go ahead and turn now to a conversation Jim Daly had with Gary Thomas, who spoke about the process of letting go and the excitement and challenges of uh, sending your child off into the world. Gary, you talk also about leaving, uh, this idea that uh, control and influence can be out of whack at that point. This is, I guess, nearing the empty nest area where you're, you're starting to feel like maybe I didn't accomplish a job, so you're hanging on even tighter, maybe trying to control even more. Discuss that for us. What's that like? Well, I haven't been through it yet. You have. John, you've, you're partway there. It's, it's one of the hardest things, and I would just say that one of the most valuable parenting tips I can give to parents whose kids are going to go away to college, you bring along a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> Because when you see that kid that has been living with you for 18 years go away, it rips a part out of you that you can never imagine. Yeah, um, the, the, you don't want them to see the tears. That would be showing, it, it was so it, it was so hard. With my oldest daughter, she went about 45 minutes away, but it was still painful. She went to a school in Canada. We were right beneath the Canadian border, but it was still you know I walked by her room and it was like this black hole. I mean, it was just, it was difficult for me to even go in there. And then I'll never forget dropping my son off uh, at his school. And it had been a furious three days because you're buying all the toiletries. You're, you're buying the, the, you go to a hardware store, you go to the Target. I mean, all the stores that parents, Bed Bath and Beyond, you know, you just, that's where you go when you're dropping your kids off at college. So it's just furious three days of getting the dorm room set up and everything set and you see the campus. And I'll never forget dropping them off at the turnaround and he gets out of that, and he's lived with me his whole life. And I'm watching him walk in the crowd, and I couldn't leave 
until I couldn't see him anymore. And he was just enveloped in that sea of bodies. And it was amazing. Uh, just, I can't believe that time of him living with me every day is over. Uh, it's a tough thing to face. It's going to be hard for me to go through. I, and I'm only a couple of years away from that. So it's going to be tough. The, I can feel it coming. The bad news is it doesn't get any easier because then you're together on vacation. And when they leave to go back to school, it feels just <laughs> as painful. But it's a good thing. That shows the relationship is strong. Let's end on reward. Uh, we look in the culture today. Man, I wish I had more kids. I mean, Gene and I just didn't. Um, speak to that 20, 30-something uh, young man and woman. There's been a... You know, some of the the ranch folks here and those helping out on, on the time here at the ranch we've been at, they, they're just starting their family. One young man has a, a son who's five months old. And we sat in the blind and talked about what it means to be a father, what mistakes to try to avoid. I'm going to lay it at your feet. Um, in the next few minutes here, just what do moms and dads need to avoid in order to have you know, the best chance at healthy children who love the Lord and are following him and, and uh, you know, doing well. First, I would say just embrace the gift of children, which for some of the younger listeners is, uh, you know, the first time I'm hearing as a pastor, people saying, actually, I don't know that we want any children. Sometimes they'll say we feel like we're too selfish or self-absorbed. And I say that's probably true, but having children is one of the cures for that. Right. They, were, how, they were good with not God wanting helps us them. go out of that. And then I'll just say very practically, and I would say this to younger couples that are thinking about that now, is it worth it? I've never heard a parent say, I wish we wouldn't have had this child. I've heard a lot of parents say, I wish we would have had more yeah. when they get older. Because kids are so much work early on. We think they're so expensive. We can't handle it. And, and do we want more? I, I really haven't seen people regret the decision to receive uh, the gift of those children. The second thing I would remember is that when you look at biblical priorities, there's a very boring chapter of the Bible that changed my life forever. And it's Genesis chapter 5. Genesis is rolling along, action, excitement, all of this going on. God's creating the earth, and you have Adam and Eve, and then you have the fall and all of that. And then you get to chapter 5, and it's just this long genealogy, these long list of names. So-and-so got married, had so many kids, lived so many years, and died. And then so-and-so, and then he had a son, and that son got married and had so many kids and died. We don't know anything about these people. We don't know what jobs they had. We don't know if they were tradesmen or farmers. We don't know if they were athletes or, or business type of people. And basically, what they did get swallowed up in history. And what most of what we live for will be swallowed up in history. Uh, I, we even think of the famous people. And I, when people talk about how the famous people we can remember, I always just go back to, well, it's my Chester Arthur philosophy of life. And they say, who's Chester Arthur? I said, well, he was a president of the United States. And only those people who actually remembered the list of presidents will ever remember. I mean, because presidents are so big, they're in the newspaper every day. But if I were to ask you who won the World Series in 1967, now somebody will know, most won't, but who was governor of California in 1920, who was CEO of Shell in 1981, all of these things eventually they evaporate and they're into nothing, but kids are forever. Mm. Kids start an eternal relationship that we can have, and that's the biblical priority. In the end, almost everything I do on this earth will be forgotten, but not my kids. 
that relationship will remain. And so I think when you make the choice to put that relationship as a priority, uh, I'll never forget what challenged me as a young husband was when I was on a speaking trip and I was starting to travel a whole lot for my job. And I was picked up by a guy who worked then for IBM, which at the time was one of the most successful companies ever in the history of the US. And they had a policy at that time once you got a job with IBM, you didn't get laid off, you didn't get fired. Later economic force to change in that. But he worked with a coworker who was in his late 40s. And one day the coworker didn't show up. And they thought, what happened? Well, his wife called later that morning. He'd had a heart attack and died mm. eating breakfast. And what so shocked the man who I was talking with who had picked me up for the speaking engagement was he said we gave our life to the company if they asked us to come in on the weekends we came in on the weekends because if you didn't you'd be put in this vocational eddy you would never get a promotion Uh, we stayed late we did everything they did but when he died they had his replacement within 24 hours they had him trained and he was moving on he goes it was almost as if he never existed I said, in some ways, the company was less inconvenienced by his death than if he had taken a vacation. Because they had somebody waiting in the rings, they just plugged him in. He goes, I thought, I've sacrificed so much for this company, but to them, I'm really just something that could be filled. So I went home from that trip. Our kids were all young. And I walk in the door, I have three arms wrapping themselves around my legs. And Daddy's home, and now the whole family's together, and we go for a walk. And I realized, if I died, the minister I worked at the time they would find a replacement who might do a better job than I was doing, very likely would do a better job than I was doing. But my kids would never say it was as if he never existed. I really appreciated the perspective Gary was offering there. What will our children remember us for? Um, What do you do to keep that kind of perspective in mind um, as you're parenting, Danny? Well, I see them looking at pictures a lot on the, on the phone and other things where they love to remember things. And uh, good moments uh, are, are something that we, we reminisce on. We, we talk about remember when. Hey, remember when we mm. did this? Remember when we did that? And uh, I, I am reminded of that as we uh, do things together, as I guide them uh, intentionally in, in certain areas of their life. I. I'm hopeful that they will remember things. This past weekend, we were with a group of dads, and uh, we were out in the wilderness, and it was a, a time where we got to, to speak a word of blessing over our kids. And it's those moments that we hope our kids will remember, the moments where we had a, a ceremonial moment with them, a moment of, of love, of grace, of forgiveness. And uh, we, I, I asked my, my son and daughter, hey, what's, what's an adventure we can explore? so we can remember it down the road mm. and, uh, and enjoy the memory that we create today. So have, have moments as a family to uh, talk about things that uh, you really want to remember. Those are things in Scripture God talks about a lot. Hey, remember when. Remember when we overcame this. Remember when we had these mm. good times together. Because many times when good times roll, we forget people, we forget God, we forget other things and become self-sufficient. And it's in those moments where we learn to remember that we learn the importance of relationship, mm. including ourselves, remembering the times that we have with our kids. No, that's good. And uh, we've got a couple of things from Gary Thomas that we would 
point you to uh, in terms of remembering and these seasons of life. One is a free article. It's uh, linked in the show notes. It's called Drinking the Beauty of Family Life, which is going to encourage you to recognize and uh, react positively to the joy of normal moments together. Uh, something Danny has talked about time and again on this podcast. And then for a deeper dive, get a copy of Gary Thomas's book, Sacred Parenting, How Raising Children Shapes Our Souls. Uh, we've got that available to you for a gift of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family today. Make a monthly pledge if you're able to, or uh, a one-time gift of any amount, and we'll send that book to you. The details are in the show notes. Next time, we'll have some hope for those who have a strained relationship with an adult child. And for now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Smalley. And I'm Erin Smalley. Marriage is an amazing gift from God, but it can also be a challenge sometimes. That's right. We could all use a little guidance. And that's why we started our podcast, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. We talk about things like recognizing conflict cycles, dealing with stress, and how to grow your love each day. Listen at crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We can't wait to see you there.